Okay, here's episode two from Kong the Florist. And this time I'm going to talk a little bit about what you, if you, you decide you want to get into the flower business, what should you do? You know, a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm very creative, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. And especially from my wholesale side, I've seen a lot of people that decide they want to get into the flower business, and they they really don't quite understand um, what they need to be doing. And I'm just going to kind of talk talk everybody kind of through that a little bit. Now, if you're already in the flower business, you don't really need to listen to this episode. If you want to, that's fine. Um, I'm just concerned because I've seen a lot of people out there that um, are banking on certain types of business. And then six months later, they're out of business. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit about that. You know, back when I started the flower business 30 years ago, the wire service business was a little bit different. And I will tell you that, you know, my feeling is that for the amount of business you get from wire services based on their discount, you can pretty much for every 10% of your business that you do, you're going to lose 1% of your profit. So if you were not filling any wire ins, not doing anything with order gatherers, and order gatherers are people that... Are for the for people that don't know, order gatherers are companies that do not even have a flower shop, but because of the internet and the, and the website, World Wide Web, they're able to, to to convince people to order flowers through them, and then they turn around and send it to florists through the wire services <clears throat> for discounted business. Now, you will say the floor the wire service get twenty seven percent. Well, they get more than that because you got to pay for the electronics you got to pay for all this other stuff so it's a little more <coughs> than than 27%. But anyways, let's get back. Um when you first decide you want to get into the flower business, what do you want to do? Like like there's people that want to be just events and they want to do weddings. There's people that say, "Well, I, you know, I like doing stuff and delivering them to businesses or I like sending them to people's homes." So you have to kind of decide what you want to be first. Um, if you decide you want to be a wedding and event person, that's great. But realize that that takes a lot of creativity to me. And it also takes a lot of knowing the right people. Now, you know, we, we were in the flower business for a long, long time. Sure, we did weddings, but not until like year... 15 or 20, did we actually decide we were going to pursue events and weddings? And when we decided to do that, we really had to have a separate staff for it, um, you know, that could concentrate and focus on that. Um, we had to do separate marketing for that. So, and, and then, of course, you have to have a reputation. If you decide you want to go into wedding business by yourself, please understand how many weddings can you do on a weekend? Because most weddings are on a weekend. So don't think that, you know, well, what am I going to do Monday through Friday? I mean, a lot of a lot of people that specialize in weddings, they're like closed Sunday and Monday. They do wedding appointments on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then they start prepping for their weddings on Thursday and Friday for Saturday weddings. Um, but, you know, if you're a one-man or one-woman or one-person operation, how many weddings can you do on a weekend? One, maybe two, you know, so you got to kind of think about that. 
Um, right now, because of COVID, there's not a lot of corporate stuff going on. And again, you know, if you're going to do any events, you're going to do any weddings and things like that, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So that's the, you know, we were fortunate enough to become preferred at some venues and with some wedding planners and with some other people, and that really helps us out. And when we have one venue where we do a wedding there almost every other weekend. So that really that really is uh, very helpful for us. If you decide you don't want to be in the event and wedding business, it's going to be a sl- slow uphill grind to get your business going. I will tell you these couple things. Okay, first of all, people go into the flower business thinking, "Well, I'll just pay myself," you know, whenever I have money. You can't do that. You gotta you gotta go. Okay, I need to have this amount of money. And you need to pay yourself like you do an employee. You know, don't take advantage. You know, if you're if you're the designer and you're paying designers fifteen to twenty dollars an hour, then pay yourself a salary similar to that. You know, later on when your business is more profitable, you can take more money. But don't but don't sit around and go, well, I'll just pay myself later. Because then what ends up happening is you end up taking advantage of the business like oh i'm not getting a paycheck i'll go buy groceries on my corporate credit card or i'll put gas in my personal vehicle and you know and all sorts of stuff like that and that that really isn't the right way to do it because in the end you want your profitability to be related to your sales minus your business expenses not your personal expenses so, you know, just just keep that in mind. Uh, it, I, I, I used to see people that would just, you know, they would go and buy fruit for a fruit basket and buy their week's worth of groceries on the same receipt. Is that okay? Sure it is. At the end of the day, when you go to sell your business and your cost of goods doesn't look right, then you're in trouble. But let's talk about, so, so we, everyday business, going after... You know, corporate customers that might order flowers all the time or standing orders at restaurants, stuff like that. All that kind of comes and goes. It depends on how aggressive you are. If you're a good marketer and you go out and visit places in the future, I'm going to say, because of COVID, in the future hopefully you can, it, then then maybe you'll you'll start picking up some business here or there. I I remember when we when we when I first opened up, I was it. You know, for the first month, I was the designer. The delivery person, well, I don't think I was the delivery person. I actually had a friend who came in after after in the afternoon and made my couple deliveries for me. Because, you know, I mean, I did bank on, okay, I'm going to start getting some wire in business. But that takes, you know, in the old days, there was no internet. So it took, it took three months before that happened. And I started out with just a few customers. And back then also, once you got in the phone book, that helped too. So... The first, uh, I would say the first three three to five months, I was by myself, designing and answering the phones and doing everything else. And I paid myself a salary. I made $35,000 a year, so I got a paycheck day one. And I borrowed, I had the potential to borrow seventy-five dollars to $100,000. Most businesses fail from being undercapitalized. You have to be able to pay your bills 
Because if you can't pay your bills, then you don't sleep well. And you have to have confidence, if you're a hard worker, that you'll get to a point where you're breaking even and you're making money. My break even was $58,000. That's all I borrowed. I had a, I had a, a, a business partner who offered to loan me money and he, he invested in people and, you know, he got 50% of the business and he borrowed, he loaned me money. And back then it was 11% interest, which was fine. Cause I knew, you know what, I'm fine with it. And he decided he could decide after 75,000, whether to liquidate the business or loan me another 25. Cause I told him I needed a hundred thousand. He loaned me money a little bit at a time. And that's why I remember at $58,000, I didn't need to borrow any more money. I started breaking even, and eventually I paid them all back. Within uh, probably within five years, he was paid back, and uh, and then I was able, I was I was self sustaining, like probably within two years. So, but that's what you have to do. You you have to build a relationship with a bank. You know you're going to have to put some of your personal stuff out there. You know, if you decide you want a line of credit for your business, you may have to put your house on there as an asset. You know, you have to be willing to do that. You have to sign personal guarantees if you want people to extend you credit. You know, a lot of people will go, well, I'm not going to sign a personal guarantee. Well, you know what? That means I can't trust you to pay your bills. Um, you have to you have you have to understand that if you if if you don't have confidence in making money, you're telling me I can loan you money and that you're not going to be on the hill for it if you if you if you fail? No. That's not how it works. So decide what you want to do, what kind of flower business you want to get into. And I would I will tell you you need to go work in the industry before you decide to go into the business. Um I had a girl who worked in my wholesale operation and one day she gave notice and said I'm going into the retail flower business. And she went into the retail flower business and signed up with every wire service she could think of. And within a month, she turned them all off. And she said, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not making any money. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of startup floors out there that are 100% wire ends. And they don't understand why they're not making any money. And again, if I get back to the fact a normal flower shop, if it's lucky and good, will make 10 to 12% net profit. But for every 10% of your business that's wire ends, subtract 1% profit. Now, there is a caveat to that. If you decide that you want to be in the wire service business and you cut all your expenses, so no marketing expenses, no website, working out of a warehouse, not a retail environment, paying staff to be designers, well, actually to be not even really designers, but to just be, you know, making arrangements, copying arrangements from the website pictures from these wire services, then you might, and then, but then also you're going to need to buy, um, I don't, I don't want to say lesser quality flowers, but you really, you can't, you can't buy the best quality flowers and, and use them in wire service product. It, it just doesn't work. I'm sorry. I mean, I know. Um, my wholesale business does not sell a lot to wire service floors 
because they can go down the street and pay less for the for a, a bunch of mini carnations. And to a order gatherer, a stem a stem of mini carnations is a stem of mini carnations, whether it has three little blooms on it or five big blooms on it. So you know, you got to kind of keep that in mind. Um, I think that's just about it for now about deciding to get into business. But you got to go work somewhere, and you can't work. You got to work through a holiday. Go work for a florist. Go work for three to six months. Make sure you're there for Valentine's Day or Mother's Day or Christmas or all of them if you can. I would say work at least six months to eight months in another flower shop. <coughs> I had a girl who wanted to get into the flower business and worked a Mother's Day for us and said, never mind, I'm not getting in the flower business. You will not have a holiday. Remember, your family, I mean, I'm fortunate that my family really likes, likes comes in, helps out every holiday. But don't expect to, you know, go away for two weeks in Christmas or take Mother's Day weekend off or things like that. That's not the way it works in the flower business. The flower business is kind of like a restaurant. You got to be there when, when the business is there. You got to decide, when am I going to open? When am I going to close? You know, a lot of florists go, well, I'm not going to open until 10 o'clock, and I'm only going to stay open until 5, and it just depends on where you're at. I mean, if you open a, a business and it's in a part of the city or part of the community where people are there later, maybe you do want to open at 10 but stay open until 7 and offer some cute little specials for people to grab on their way home or something. You really have to kind of think outside the box. You have to continue to reinvent what you're doing all the time. You can't be stagnant. You have to keep keep looking at ideas. There's a lot of opportunities out there. There's 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 so many different things that you can you can study and look at um, and and just to improve yourself and you can ask. Um, you know, there's floors on Facebook, you know, and, and, you know, I, I belong to it. I get a little frustrated when people start complaining about, you know, the wholesaler screwing them or I got crappy flowers at Valentine's day. And it's like, they think it's, they think it's the wholesaler and they don't really understand that the wholesaler doesn't make any more money at Valentine's day than they do any other day of the, of the year. You know, they're just marking it up to cover their costs you know, because immediately a wholesaler gets a fuel surcharge. The farms charge more. And, you know, and, and the wholesaler, yeah, they do make more money. They do make more profit because they sell more flowers. But the percentage of profit on every single flower is the same as it is any day of the year. And I wish people would understand that. And, you know, they think we're, we're taking advantage of the, of the retailers, and we're not. Um, but that's me sitting on my wholesale soapbox. And as a retailer, it's the same thing. In a holiday time, a retailer, we can't charge the same markup we charge any any other time of the year. So the idea is that you charge and you make the same amount of gross profit. Uh, my next episode, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about cost of goods and inventory and things like that. Um, so. Um, I'm actually uh, going to be busy for the next week because it is Valentine's week. I'm actually wholesale started being busy already, so I probably won't do a third podcast for till after the holiday. So, good luck if you're in the flower business, and if you're not in the flower business, I suggest you if you're thinking about getting in the flower business, you need to go work somewhere.
See you later.